This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Welcome back to another episode of Equip and Engage. I'm Chris, one of the producers of the podcast, and you're listening to part two of our interview with Sarah Zilstra. This part in particular, you're going to get some really practical insights. Uh, what are the big mistakes that we just cannot afford to make? What are the stakes? What are the risks when it comes to social media and big technology in particular on the church, on Christians, and on our world? Here again is Carolyn and Sarah Zilstra. So what have you seen work really well on social media? Any stories that come to mind? Um, less than you would hope, honestly. Um, I know there are, I've heard of kids come to faith on TikTok and, and get plugged into a youth group. I've heard a lot of times of, um, oh, Christians in other countries who will run across a ministry like Desiring God or some like, oh, here's some Tim Keller sermons or John Piper sermons. Um, I don't know how much that social media, even then it's, it's pushing them to something else, right? Like even if it's not John Piper's social media post, that's bringing anyone to a deeper knowledge of the gospel, but maybe it's a a longer sermon that they're engaging with. I just think the more, um, hefty the communication, the better the engagement and the better fruit that will come out of that. Um, I, another uh, problem that can, and this is uh, maybe specifically for women, uh, just just another warning. Laura notice, talks about a lot when she notices. Um, so you can have Christian women who are online and they have Jesus in their profile. And so it feels like they're a gospel-centered person. And yet, and you can follow them and feel like you're friends with them. And maybe they're on a path of deconstruction or they're just on a path that doesn't have good theology. And it's hard for you to discern um, how reliable this person is that I am following. So that's one problem that she's noticing um, online. And another problem that she is noticing is, um, boy, I feel like being I'm, I'm following this Christian girl and maybe she really does love the Lord and have and have good theology. And oh, look at this is the way that she cleans her house. So this is how all Christian women should clean their house. And this is the way that she handles childcare. So to be a good like the definition of of being a good Christian person, like how do I live out my faith gets bigger and bigger and bigger because I can see all the aspects of someone's life. Oh, Jen Wilkin has pugs. Do I need to have pugs? To be a good Christian woman, you know, like you sort of are, you're always looking for examples and that's not bad. You're looking for someone whose footsteps you can follow in. But when you can see all their footsteps, it starts like the, the gospel sort of starts to feel like it encompasses more than it should. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder too, if, you know, like you said, we're always, we're always looking to someone to disciple us. Maybe that is one of the takeaways and in this present day, you know, by just taking someone's digital presence or their social media presence as what we're using to disciple us as opposed to in real life, um, you know, living life and working out those ideas, that being maybe a takeaway for us. Um, Like I, I just got done watching uh, the HBO series, John Adams. And so I've been like down the American revolution and the founding fathers and just, 
the the life that was the 1800s and i'm taking hbo at their word that this right. is a very accurate i i mean i think i think it was somewhat close but <laughs> you know so much of their life depended on the written word back and mm. forth um and so i'm just uh, i i don't even know if i'm connecting the dots here on these pieces but this element of when it comes to discipleship, it can't be, maybe, maybe this is the thought I'm formulating. Like it can't be apart from actual human living life on life, um, with each other to be able to, to work out those pieces. That's more than just, Hey, here's, here's some snapshots or maybe even in their day, like, okay, here's one book that somebody wrote or, or, I, I don't know if that resonates or yeah. <laughs> connects at all. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, there's just a, a barrier. Discipleship can't just can't go deep on a screen because we're not fully with each other. Like I don't see the mess of your living room or the mess of your life. I'm only seeing, and appropriately so, you're not going to put up on there, you know, the big fight you just had with your husband. That would be inappropriate. But it also means um, there's always kind of a... Um, yeah, like there's not like a Paul and Timothy, like a walking together and a day in and day out life together, or even a church week in and week out life together, right? Of of how we work out things together. Um, yeah, and, and social media too gives us a kind of a false sense that we're limitless. We can be friends with all the people. We can know all the news from all the parts of the world. Um, but we're not, we're limited. And I just think this seems to drive home to me how different we are from God because mm -hmm. God can be legitimately interested in everyone. He can be intimately working in everyone's life for their good and for his glory. Um, when he something distressing happens, he's right there inside it. And for us, clearly, it just makes us anxious. It makes yeah. us depressed. It makes us feel unconnected. It yeah. makes us feel worried um, because we're not meant to we're not meant for that. We're not supposed to be limitless. We're not yes. supposed to be involved in everything everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There is a release in just, or a submission in the fact mm. that we, we are limited and we aren't built to be all knowing, all powerful. Like these, these things actually lead to more of our death, more of our destruction yeah. that, you know, now that I can go to Google and know just about anything that I want to know, or my news feeds are coming to where I know what's happening in, you know, every continent, <laughs> uh, every day or however I'm, I'm in taking that in. And it's not in a way that my flesh is craving mm. that for control. It actually is, um, not leading to life. Those, those places where, you know, when you get into the scripture and the way of, you know, being a Christ follower, that it just is upside down. It feels like that's, so you're saying joy comes from 
submitting to an all-powerful God that he loves me and cares for me and I can Sabbath and turn everything off and trust that he holds it together. <laughs> You're telling that's, me that brings joy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think that's what I'm saying. So about yeah. five months ago, um, in the midst of making the podcast with the girls, um, the Gen Z girls, I, um, turn, I deleted all of my social media accounts. So I've been off of social media completely for about five months. And even before that, I was not a giant social media user. I would lurk once in a while, but I didn't really know what to do with it that well. And so I wasn't that good at it. But I can just tell you, even the, in the last five months, I have been in my own life more engaged, um, more full of joy, more able to just submit, more able to listen to the Lord too, I think. And because you're not so distracted, there's the time that you spend on social media, but Carolyn, then there's the time you think about social media. And Mm -hmm. that time is probably at least double the time that you spend on social media. It it just forms like, Oh, did you see that? What did she put? Was she wearing that? Like, how did she, did they get to go on vacation? So there is just a, the amount of time we spend on social media or thinking about it isn't even calculated, um, at this point. And Taking that out of the picture has been, for me, an extremely joyful and life-giving, and um, I'm paying so much better attention. I'm, I'm much more in love with my everyday life than I was before. I also wanted to just uh, bring, uh, bring back, because you had mentioned, we were talking a little bit just about the younger generation, and you had mentioned earlier, you know, there's a difference between those that have grown up with it and those that have been introduced to it in later life. And I, mm-hmm. I even know in myself, I mean, I, Facebook came out when I was in college. And so that was my first introduction to that. And it, you know, I think about even my parents, they're, they're in their seventies and they, you know, from, they probably got more involved with social media and Facebook, you know, five years ago or so, um, where, and, and so even tracking, our connections and attachments to it, which is an interesting case study. But, you know, taking a look at those kids that are growing up with it, that are going through very formative ages, middle school, high school. I mean, these are, that was hard for me. And I like thinking about having my awkward middle school photos on Facebook. (laughs) I'm like, I am so grateful. (laughs) (laughs) those those photos live in my parents basement and (laughs) if it went in the fire I would (laughs) not be told but what's um so with that too what's a mistake we can't afford to make with that generation um when it comes to engaging or not engaging on those platforms that's so good you know I think we have to be there because they're there Mm -hmm. um But I also think we have to, um, I don't think we can just be like, oh, well, your generation is always on, so that's totally fine. I think they need more discipleship and care. Um, I think they need a, they don't, uh, it doesn't come naturally maybe to them how to live offline, even how to make a phone call, honestly, like how to engage in, in a real physical world. So I think... Um, a, we need to go there and be there with them, but then B, we need to show them the beauty of the life offline. And it's not just going to magically happen. This is something I'm so sorry to say has to be intentional, even in parenting. Um, but certainly with the youth in your church as well to, um, take away their phones when they come in, that's not going to kill them or to like, um, 
you know, we're having a meal together. Everybody's phone goes over here or like, please put those down or like they're let's um, help them get off as much as we can because we can't assume they're going to grow out of it. We can't assume they're yeah. just going to magically get more mature. So we've been talking a lot about social media and there's uh, the, the, the effects of it that are, you know, can be very harmful and also the aspects of it that, hey, this is a really, can be a very powerful platform that just like Paul had the Roman roads to get the gospel out and, you know, we talk about Billy Graham had the radio and, you know, I think if Paul knew, hey, I could, with this gospel, I could publish this and someone all the way across the world could hear this uh, within a matter of minutes, his mind would probably have been blown. So, you know, we don't want this with social media for it to feel like doomsday Mm -hmm. while, you know, it is helpful to us to assess inside of ourselves. Okay. What's, what's helpful with this, but what would be an encouragement that you would give to pastors and other church leaders right now? Mm -hmm. Um, So at the gospel coalition, we're an international website. And so it's easy for us to see what's happening all across the globe. And I think and we're on the internet. And so we kind of live inside this space. And and I can tell you, gosh, the stories that we have seen of people whose um, faith has been strengthened, churches that have been planted, um, a lot of places we're bringing, we can see good theology coming in to, to Africa or to Asia or to the Middle East, mm-hmm. places that are closed, places that are under persecution. Um, there is just a tremendous amount of joy in, in seeing their joy um, at finding good theological resources. Oh, this is, you know, God didn't promise us we would all have a new car. Like, this is how the yeah. Bible fits together. It's all about Jesus. Oh, it's one big story. Like, to see the light bulb moments and the joy of that um, and to be able to share that with them, especially yeah. when we live in the United States, we're exceptionally wealthy, not just materially, but, but theologically, we have a ton of seminaries. We have a ton of books. We have a ton of history that we can draw from. So to be able to share that with other countries and to watch that um, happen for them is amazing. Um, It's also amazing for me to watch them sort of disciple each other online, especially if you're in a place in a country that's really closed, trying to uh, cut down on house churches or gatherings of Christians. Um, being able to connect online is, is just a joy for them. It's just a way around that. Um, and we also have quite a few refugees here in the United States who have been able to come out of those countries and who have thriving ministries back into those countries to be able to send back in, in their own languages, um, the resources that they're finding here. And so it's just been to watch the internet spread the gospel all across the globe and um, a gospel-centered theology and the joy of the Lord has been, it's been amazing. Oh, I love it. Well, I've got a couple little nephews that are dear, very dear to my heart. So I'm going to be on the lookout for <laughs> that as it comes out. Know. And we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll have to have you back. But hey, Sarah, thank you so much for just the work you've done in this space, the place even in your life, you're just pouring into leaders and pastors across the world and sharing what you're finding in those stories to be just an encouragement for us in the faith as well. So thanks for joining us. And um, we look forward to, to having you on again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your work as well. Um, anything that builds up the church and points people to the gospel, like um, this is, it's really fun work to be in. So good to be here with you. Absolutely.
Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks to everyone for listening today. If you didn't catch part one of our interview with Sarah, go back and listen to that as well. This is a two-part interview. So much wisdom, so many insights from an incredibly incisive thinker about social media and technology in our time. As always, we have more conversations coming up just like this one, conversations with great thinkers and leaders and pastors in the Christian world. These conversations are all to help you navigate the unique challenges of doing ministry in the very unique and challenging age that we live in. We are all in on the mission of the church. It is now, even today, and always until the end of time, the greatest source of hope and joy in the world. That's what we believe. That's what we love to talk about. So please make sure you don't miss on future episodes and subscribe to Equip and Engage wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.